you have one life and it's a short mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. you should not be spending it working too much or no. you know overworking yourself in something that you hate doing it's just not worth it and oh my gosh i oh my gosh it's just not worth it it's and like, not I- Welcome to the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Tori. And we're two self-proclaimed corporate sellouts who are touching base on a weekly cadence to deep dive and double click into the corporate world one episode at a time. We'll hit on all the topics you don't have the bandwidth to explore yourself and help you move the needle on living your best corporate life. Because if you're going to be a sellout, you might as well be a top performer. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. To another week of the Corporate Sellouts Podcast. Tori, how's it going? It's going well. I'm in the middle of my three-day week for work oh, this yeah. week, so I'm thriving. Amazing. Um, and it's actually funny because I feel just as tired as a normal Wednesday, and I only have one day left. Um, and it's just crazy how quickly your body re-regulates to yeah. work and like readjust to be like, oh, we only have to make it till Thursday afternoon. We're going to be very tired by then. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely so. does. And it also feels like a Tuesday, and Tuesdays are always a little, I don't know, just kind of the worst day of the week. Tuesdays are <laughs> traditionally my least favorite day. Yeah. I have like a whole reasoning for that that I won't get into because that's not what we're talking about. But <laughs> it does. You're right. It does feel yeah, like Tuesday. Yeah. I was exhausted today too. I had a busy day and I don't know, just like a lot, a lot going on. Um, but we'll get into all of that. Yeah. So where are you at this week on this corporate? I'm sorry, the sellout scale. Um. Okay. I'm a little lower. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm so tired because like I said I only work three days this week but I'm just like I think I was really gung-ho coming into the new year and now it's kind of settling down now it's you like know? now reality. it's like oh I gotta do all this stuff that I was so excited to like sign up for you know and, like raise my <laughs> yeah. hand for and be like look boss I can do all these things now I have to go do them all those things that you're like let's push this off till the new year and now exactly. it's here <laughs> so yeah what about you um I am probably at like a seven right now I'm feeling like higher I think mm-hmm. If you listen to any of our podcasts in November and December, it was pretty low for me because yes. it's just been a lot. Um, today, I received two count two external validation from like <laughs> different leaders, and that honestly just spiked my score. I was like, "That's, That's good. what I needed to hear." Yeah. Um, one of my client, I call it a client because in HR you're kind of like the consultant mm-hmm. to the business. So one of my senior leaders is a tough client to have. She's a little bit just um she she has a lot of opinions about things and um she's a tough nut to crack sometimes but I felt like today we made we made a good breakthrough that's good and I was doing what she wanted me yeah Yeah. to do you're like vibing I had this VP who was like that and I like really saved his back with a lot of pretty rudimentary um analysis that he just like couldn't do yeah and now when I see him in the office he's like hey Tori like how you doing I'm like it's always the simplest thing like you get past that moment where you bond or you Mm -hmm. help or whatever and from there it's just yeah yeah so I'm hoping we're making a breakthrough yeah and then another leader was like he's like I'm just I'm really impressed with every time you come to staff you just you have great ideas you're clearly like very competent and I'm like oh, thank you <laughs> like, like no better compliment honestly what I needed to hear so yeah, love it that spiked my my sellout scale score That's which is awesome I was actually in a meeting today presenting to a couple VPs and then a couple additional VPs pinged me later to be like hey um could you send me like the thing that you went over because I heard someone like they had like had it, news had gotten out about what I oh that's about. the best so I it's not really a me thing it was just a very interesting topic that I had the pleasure of presenting about and mm-hmm. so but I was just like oh 
Oh, we're getting around. Like, love that for you. So that was a very like external validation moment this afternoon. Yes. <laughs> it's always the simplest things too, where it's like, oh, that thing I spent like 10 minutes oh, on. Like I didn't do, I didn't create this. I didn't <laughs> do it. I got it from someone else. And like, I, di- I didn't take credit for it. Right. But like, whatever. It just, you know. But it still like builds your brand and yeah, that's all exactly. that it's about. Yeah. So um, today we're talking about finding happiness in your job which I think is so important all the time. Um, There's so many lessons in this. And we took two different podcasts slash articles from HBR. Um, Classic. Classic. We're back (laughs) to our roots. Like, love this for us. I feel like we haven't gotten into these more academic articles a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I realized that the past couple of things we've done, we've gotten, like, a lot of different sources Mm -hmm. and I noticed that last week. That we've been veering off. So I'm glad that we're back to our HBR roots. Yeah, me too. That's, like, where it all started. Exactly. (laughs) Like, there's so much goodness in those. If you haven't listened to HBR IdeaCast, that's a podcast. There's also a Women at Work um, HBR podcast I haven't listened to, but it sounds really good. Yeah. Um, But there were two podcasts that we looked into, and one of them was on the longest-running happiness study. Um, And this is a – so Robert Waldinger is a psychiatrist – who runs the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and he wrote the book, The Good Life, Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study of Happiness. And he had this really great podcast on HBR about how to apply those findings to work. So we're not going to dive into like all of that because yeah. just go listen to that podcast. Yes. But we're going to discuss the big takeaways and what our takeaways was yes. were, were from it. And then the second one is um, from Marcus Buckingham, who's the head of research on people and performance at the ADP Research Institute, and he is the author of the book Love and Work, and he talks about how to find happiness and find joy in your current job. Uh So we'll also get into that too. Um, So the first one, first of all, actually, I want to start off with what do you love about your job? Um, I work in anti-fraud. And I love that my job protects people um, who use our product in our website. Um, and that is very motivating to me. Uh, if you go back to our first, was it our first episode of Corporate Salads ever about passion? passion yeah. My thing that I kind of really contributed to that was about the difference between passion versus purpose. Mm-hmm. I am not passionate about anti-fraud. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not like, I mean, there's people who probably research it, get degrees in it, write books, like, I'll read them. I'm not trying to, like, write books about anti-fraud and everything. Mm-hmm. But it really gives me a sense of purpose. Like, I am protecting users of this site and contributing to research um, and knowledge and understanding of how to prevent um, fraud yeah. attacks and, like, exposure of data. So um, I think that that is, like, what gives me the most joy about my job. Um, and I like solving problems and analysis and project mm-hmm. planning i love project planning you're good at it too I'm, i feel as though i am good at it <laughs> you are if anyone needs like their whole house made over in like a month <laughs> just go to tori and be like give me a, a sprint sheet of like yes. all the things i need to do yeah done. so i'm a certified scrum master which is oh, yeah. um agile i got it done years ago it's not agile and like that's like very purist like you can't say that it's agile but mm-hmm. it's scrum and agile very similar um, and sprint planning, like planning out your work and sizing your work in two week sprints is like a thing. And I did that when I bought my, when I built my house and bought my house. Um, so, so impressive <laughs> yeah. and love that you can implement that in your yes. everyday work too, because yes. that's clearly something that you're good at and you love doing. And those are like 
that's like the sweet spot. It is totally. Yeah. Um, what do you like about your job? Um, so I love that you instantly went to like the purpose behind it because I was going to go to like, oh, I like this or this mm-hmm. and about the day to day. But at the end of the day, for a corporate jargony term, which I use a lot, <laughs> I realized in the last podcast, um, HR and human resources, it's not everyone's favorite department or people hate on it oh my god i didn't realize (laughs) we were supposed to be hating on hr don't like please don't um yeah my tiktok's very mixed reviews when i post about hr like people think you're a little evil some people are like yeah you're a snake in the grass (laughs) (laughs) like i'm so sorry someone hurt you i just didn't know that that was a perception people (laughs) yeah but my the reason i went into hr is because i truly believe that people are the most important asset that a company has and if we take the people out of the equation you don't have a company literally and so you need to nourish and nurture the people in your company and I love bringing that back to um, a a large corporation where it's so easy to get like lost in the shuffle Mm -hmm. and just remember and help leaders um, remember that you know these are all people at the end of the day and and do what's best for them and um, what's best for the company too yeah. because and listen to our episode on HR if you need more about yes. that I won't go into depth on that she's not a snake right yeah um sometimes I feel like it but it's not I mean, my fault. Yeah, I'm sure that there are like hard you have to probably do tougher things yeah and things that test you more um I'm the messenger a lot I don't yeah. make this the, the decisions yeah. I just have to message and that sucks sometimes yeah um so I don't like that part of my job, but I do really love building relationships and being a trusted confidant for leaders. Today I was talking to one of my leaders and he's like, listen, this is off the record. This is just us talking. Like, I just want to vent. And I'm like, give it to me. Like, bring yeah. it on. I love that stuff. <laughs> that is like my sweet spot. Like, was I love that. about like a person? Like, in, yeah, it's, I mean, there's like an HR problem. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, oh, I hear everybody's secrets. I, I love it. <laughs> Like, that's just not a reason to go into a line of work. But no, it's not. That would that really makes me want to... Mm, yeah. Like, I love... That's why I want to be a manager. And, like, I'm at the manager level right now or, like, the team lead level. I just don't happen to manage anyone because I have a small team. Mm-hmm. But part of me, a small part of me, just wants to be in cross calibration (laughs) like oh yeah like that's not that is I want to be so clear that is not the motivation I want to lead people foster Mm -hmm. this love that I have of anti-fraud in the youth you know but like right I don't I want to hear what's going on cross calibration. (laughs) and that's that's what's fun about being in HR yeah Uh, but that's not that's not the reason I love it like I really do love the relationships piece and also using data and creating inferences and saying look we have like this data about this population of people. What does that actually mean? And mm-hmm. how do we use that to drive a better outcome for our workforce? Like yeah. that I absolutely love. Does your company call it people analytics like that? Yes. Okay. We have a, we call it org analytics, okay. but like same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was more into that in my last role, yes. but I still have to use data all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what we love about our jobs, I guess. <laughs> so um, getting into this longest running happiness study. There were two main takeaways that they found. And just a caveat on the study, this was done since 1938. It was done on a population from Harvard. So you can imagine the population at Harvard. Yeah. In 1938, it was all white men. Yeah. And they didn't change the population as time went on. They just included members of th- those people's families. 
So it's like oh, a generational study, interesting. which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the limitations are that it's not a diverse study at all. It's all white people, yeah. unfortunately. But they also combined this study with another study that was going on at the time about juvenile delinquency. And this was taking place in a more diverse um, ethnic neighborhood, at least, where it was a lot of immigrants and European immigrants and also Middle Eastern. Um, so there were some economic diversity um, pieces there. But either way, just wanted to discuss yeah. that <laughs> before we got into it. Um, with that in mind, the two things that they found that were the, the biggest indicators of happiness were physical health and just taking care of your health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means like literally eating well, exercising, mm-hmm. um, getting enough sleep, like all of the stuff that yeah. our moms told us to do, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's all you need. Yeah. And then the second one was relationships. And the more that people nurtured their relationships in their lives, the healthier that they stayed for longer. So that makes so much sense. Yeah. So I think there's a few takeaways from that that you can implement into work. Um, the big one that I thought of was like instantly work-life balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your health is the most important thing that you have. And we're, I'm, I'm going to say this a lot. Like we've, we've said this a lot. I saw the TikTok <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, but it was a girl who talked about her first job at a big four accountant firm. So like Deloitte, e- EY, whatever yeah, those are. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you work in accounting during business busy season, like God bless. So the moral of this TikTok was the girl was like, during busy season, we would work until 10 p.m., which first of all, what? immediately no. Immediately no. She was like, and I didn't think that was that bad. And I was like, Okay. That would be my first red flag, what's, working till 10 what's p.m. What's next? Like, what's worse? Oh, it gets worse. Then they would have a team huddle at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. I saw this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and if we wanted to shower, we would have to, like, tell everyone, hey, I'm getting in the shower now. So they wouldn't think we fell asleep for, like, a half hour or something. Like, they'd have to tell each other when they were taking a shower. And that, to me, is not work-life balance. <laughs> No, that is like I mean so place, bad for your mental health and I'm, physical health. Ha- okay, so this person on this TikTok was she like our age and telling about her first few years out of college? Like this was like ten years ago type of thing, or it was this like yeah a year ago? This was like I mean she she looked younger. I feel like she just recently left this. Yeah, friend. I have a friend who um, a coworker who I adore. She's so sweet. She came from a consulting firm, which is, like, the other kind of... I feel like there's the big four accounting, and then there's the consulting, like, Bain, Mm -hmm. BCG, McKinsey. And she said that um, she, one time in the year that she worked there, she only made it a year, um, she wanted to go to a concert with her mom. The concert was at 9 p.m. on a Friday, and she had to log PTO (gasps) at 9 p.m. on a Friday. Like, it counted against her to not be available. Like, you're literally expected to be on 24-7. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing was she went to her sister's wedding and people were pinging her during her sister's wedding and people told her, yeah, so-and-so just worked the day that they got married too. It was like, it was their own wedding and they were like online in the morning. Like, no, 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 no. That's no, no. crazy. My attorney sister, I have two sisters, she 
like would I wouldn't put it past her. Her husband was working. He was a lawyer. He graduated before her. Was answering emails at her graduation. <laughs> he was like, "Let me know when she's like about to go on stage." But like they love each other deeply. Like he was so proud of her. But it's just like that's that's what you gotta do. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and These expectations. Like just take a step back from mm-hmm. your life sometimes and just look at it from a holistic perspective. And if you if your job is like making you compromise your sleep your physical exercise like your relationships then it it might not be the job for you yeah okay wait I do have two things to say about that first of all I think that every once in a while at a really good job it'll just happen Mm -hmm. um and also at said really good job this is giving me double wears Prada vibes well Andy and double wears Prada did not have a really good job but her partner was not supportive objectively speaking and I think that plays into the relationship happiness thing if I ever my boyfriend works late a lot more than I work late but he's like if he's like hey I I have a deadline in three days I'm gonna work late tonight like can we move our dinner I'm like yes I'm so proud of you go make that money like Mm -hmm. hard worker you know so thank you for asking me yeah thank you for (laughs) communicating yes but I don't know like I think that every once in a while it is worth it and I think that in our, our I think it's more of a Gen Z culture thing to be like, you know, we don't do that. Boundaries, mm-hmm. boundaries, boundaries. Sometimes I think it's okay. Maybe this is like the devil on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in your relationship, if your partner is putting you down for your you working towards your career goals in a way that's not like helpful, hey, babe, I think we need to look at this toxic workplace. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways. Yeah, it's – I just think that it's kind of like a toxic relationship sometimes because – it, it's almost like a cult where they take away all your resources and they give you like free everything, you know, mm-hmm. like paid for f- paid for dinner, like all this okay. in, investment banking is the same way. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law is an investment banker and he works all the time. Yeah. And that's just what's expected. But they get dinner, they get, mm-hmm. you know, everything um, paid for. And it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll um, cover you for everything. So then you feel like you can't leave. We got free <laughs> dinner. We got free Uber Ubers home when I worked in New York City in finance and free dinner if it was time stamped after 8 p.m. Yeah. So like they don't care how you get home if it's at 6.30. Yeah. Like, they don't care if you're hungry at 6. Mm-hmm. But if you work after 8, then you can get a free Uber home yeah. and a free meal. So you know I was ordering that Uber Eats at like 8.02. <laughs> but that's just like kind of crazy. Oh, God. I just... My work life is so far from that. I can't even. Imagine. I can't imagine. Mm-mm. Like I just can't even. Or like, I just. Oh my god! Even working until like six. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking six is my like max. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll stay on till six thirty if I have mm-hmm. to answer emails. Yeah, it's not expected or the norm Mm-mm. at all. <laughs> no, for sure. And I get my daily walk in every single day. No, I was going to say like I'll work till 6:30 if I had a 4:30 orange theory. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll have back on at like 9:30. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Um one and this is another takeaway from the study, having more control in your work life increases happiness. So individuals who felt like their work controlled their life we're not happy. And yeah. it doesn't even feel like we need to say that. No. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, but, duh. And also, I think that if your work can contribute to either the health or the relationships aspect, which are the things that make you happy, then I think that's huge also. Mm-hmm. I read Atomic Habits over winter break, and because we have a whole winter break at my company. Yeah, same. Um, but it was talking about habit stacking, and every time I go to the office, I go to Orange Theory near the office, and it's like, 
part of my whole healthy, you know, I work hard. I go to yep. lunch theory. Like, then I go to Whole Foods. Like, it's all part of that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it contributes to that. So, like, to that health that is allegedly, according to this study, like, an integral part of happiness. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know? So that's and like companies that support your health and your physical health mm-hmm. and give you stipends to go to the gym or to get healthy equipment, like that's those are the, the places that you want to stay too. Exactly. And it's also beneficial for the employer it because is. health insurance is expensive. Yeah. And if you're covering people who aren't healthy, you're paying more money. Totally. Too. Yeah. So um all of that to say, there were also some big regrets from both men and women and also these are true of both genders but um more true I guess there were there were more men who said that they wished that they had spent more time with the people that they cared about versus at work Uh or versus time at work that's kind of like the cliche I it wish is. I had, like nobody wishes they had spent more time at the office yeah and I feel like more men in their 20s and 30s I don't know, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. You mm-hmm. hear that? Like, you think you're, you're like working so hard, providing for your family. Like, you will regret not spending more time with your family. Yeah. You will. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that women realize that more in the moment and men realize it after and then regret it. Yeah. And that is a vast generalization based, like, this is an anecdotal generalization for me and a statistical generalization from the study, but directionally true and I wonder how that's changing with our generation because this is a long-running study that started in the 30s so only recently did women start to become equal slash breadwinner partners and that's not even the case of most most partnerships yeah but like are men happier staying at home now too or like spending more time at home yeah um I wonder how that's gonna play out and then they found that the biggest regret that women said, and some men said this too, but mostly women, was that they wished that they hadn't cared as much what others think. 100%. <laughs> and this, wow, this resonated. Yeah. And I think also, very generally speaking, men don't care about what other people think. It's not like we both care so much, but men just like are fine with it. It's like yeah. they literally don't. Society tells us that we need to care. Yeah. Like, that's- Here's what you need to look like. Here's yeah. how many pounds you need to lose. Here's yeah. what you need to fit into. There are so many more requirements so many how more. a woman should be mm-hmm. than, like, and I feel like there's so many diverse types of men, and they're all somehow attractive. Like, the sexy nerd, the <laughs> yeah. sexy athlete, the sexy dad. The dad like, bod. The dad bod. Like, like, there's no, like, sexy nerd woman trope, you know? I mean... Only if she's, like, a gamer girl who is also, like, super hot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's only gamer dudes are, like, attracted yeah. to that. Like, I don't know. That's so true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and also, you think about, like, the different hats that women wear, and women have to um, bear most of the burden at home mm-hmm. still, too, even though we are just as active in the workplace. So there's a lot of judgment that comes in with that if you're a stay-at-home mom versus if you're at the office all the time and yeah. the differences between those and so many opinions the about mom guilt mom and guilt either I way think, and like mom guilt so much of it is like society places it upon us and i think that was it's what it makes sense what these women are saying that looking back they wish they would have like for instance like looking back i wish i wouldn't have had such mom guilt like are you actually guilty mm-hmm. or are you 
or have you been made to feel guilty? Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. So I'm like, men are not. Right. So. Yeah. Ooh, love that for us. Um, yeah. So anyway, great. takeaway from that is just live your damn life for real. Just try not to care about what the other people are doing, and you'll be happier. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's kind of that on the longest running happiness study. I think another big takeaway just before we move on is that um, we want to feel valued and and paid fairly. Uh, but wealth will not make you happy. And as your income increases, happiness doesn't, does oh not God. increase. <laughs> Barton is storing again. Sorry. Right, it's just a fact of life. Um, he's happy. He's, <laughs> I oh, love that he, for him. Oh, he has health and he has good relationships. He's great. Uh, you guys, Tori's dog is like the cutest little he, angel. No, he needs to go away when we're podcasting. <laughs> like, he's so sweet. He is. He's a sweet angel. <laughs> Anyways, once your basic needs are met, you yes. don't need any more money to feel um, happier. I just want to test that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, Ooh, but are we, are we the, sure? <laughs> the studies say that it's like seventy five or $77,000 when you get to about that point. You know, at that point, you're like trying to be able to drive a reliable car and pay good rent and get healthy groceries and like pay for daycare and whatever. And that after you reach that, you know, your basic needs are met. Any additional income is, it's no longer adding incremental, like, security. And so it doesn't make you incrementally happy. I think that that's so dependent upon, like, if you have a family, how many kids you have, Mm -hmm. if you're single, what city you live in, and also inflation. I would put that number probably more to, like, 100,000, maybe 150,000 for, like, a family of four. If you're in, like, New York or or San Francisco, it's not going to be the same as, like, middle of... Ohio. Yeah. I like the general idea and I like, I mean, I'm a science data girl, so I got to trust this that I need to mm-hmm. stop clawing my way if if it's really not going to make me happier, yeah. but I kind of just I don't know, I want to see for myself. But uh, I think that yeah. definitely like the like feeling fa- valued fairly make making you happy makes sense and that's a lot of what we talked about last week with self-evaluations yeah. and the onset of the creation of the concept of self-evaluations is that people feel happiest at work when they know or believe that they were evaluated fairly. Right. You know, and typically like your pay is loosely correlated to your evaluation mm-hmm. and your role and where you are at in your role. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny to see this in like two different articles, two weeks in a row on two separate topics. Yeah. That like fairness, sure. apparently, apparently adults care about that in the workplace yeah (laughs) about fairness yep and another piece on that is that as you keep climbing to the top it it does get lonelier at the top yeah so they found that one third of ceos feel lonely and um as you were talking about man being a manager and like being in the room one thing that came to mind is the the further up that you go the less people tell you things too Mm. like people get scared to be their authentic selves around you I and totally believe that. Yeah, I think as like a middle manager, it's probably better. That's probably the sweet spot. Yeah. Versus being an executive where yeah. people are like only on their best behavior. Yeah, you're just like in a cycle of or you're no longer able to like rely on the feedback, like the traditional feedback, 360 mm-hmm. feedback, you know, like there's no one above you. And I feel like there's less people above you. Yeah. And like your relationships don't feel as authentic. 
um there's sure. like a sense of com- camaraderie when you're kind of at yes. the bottom you know yeah and like <laughs> also a sense of camaraderie it's like why I'm so close to my siblings is because we could all collectively complain about our parents exactly you know? like, yeah but what are you gonna do as the CEO complain to people lower than you yeah about the company that you completely own like yeah no <laughs> you need like advisors or like I don't yeah know, you gotta be something. in a club of other CEOs mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you need for sure. I hope that they've, you know, invented that. Yeah. Um, I want to be in that club. No, I, I know. I don't know I, if I do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I literally was talking to Justin yesterday. I was like, for the first, I, I uttered this for the first time mm-hmm. in my life. I was like, what if I stayed at home with children? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, um, I don't know what to do with that question. Like, are you joking? Because <laughs> that's just like, literally, I host a corporate podcast. Like, I, yeah, yeah. It's not, I don't. I've never thought that's in the cards for me, but lately... No, it's definitely (laughs) tempting, for sure. I get it. And it makes sense. Also, with the study was saying that, like, women who start off very career-oriented, a lot of them do drop off and are surprised by that when they do want to just stay at home. Like, it's a very natural instinct, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I think a lot of women have to really grapple with that in a way that they assumed, like, oh my god, I would never be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's very interesting that we we get to a point where we have this like inner turmoil that men, don't. by and large, don't. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't. Know. So that's kind of the longest running happiness study. Yeah. In a nutshell, <laughs> it's very interesting. Like y'all should. There's TED talks about yeah. it. Yeah. Like oh my gosh. Also, I'm gonna get the book too. Oh. Because yeah. that sounds so interesting. Yes. It sounds like a good book to read at the start of the year you know yeah um so then we get into how do you find joy in your job currently so not only just in general but in your current role day to day every single day how do you find joy and how do you kind of make your life happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know in doing your your mundane job yeah um so with this, this there's a couple of things, and this was again Marcus Buckingham, who is the head of research um, on people and performance at the ADP Research Inst- Institute, and he talks about this idea of like a red thread, and he he kind of comes back to that concept a lot, and a red thread is like your joy that you have in certain things, and really what you have to do in order to find those red threads is some soul searching, so like ask yourself what is it that makes me happiest at work like what can I just get lost in you know the kind of flow state that we've alluded to a lot on this podcast um and also like what are you good at where does that kind of intertwine and then what are the things that you don't like to do um and really just starting with like making an inventory of those things yeah and then the red thread is that you then weave that joy into everything that you do or into a little bit of each day yeah okay Mm -hmm. so like do if you like three tasks that you don't want to do and three that you do want to do like alternate them yes yeah or like spread it out Mm -hmm. throughout the week like Mm -hmm. do like if you love let's just say you love data Mm -hmm. and you hate presenting Mm -hmm. if you if you have one day that you're like all in the weeds and data and you just absolutely love it but the rest of the days are you're presenting mm-hmm. like nonstop. you're not going to be happy you're gonna burn out. yeah you're going to burn out what you should do is spread that out and have each day you get to do a little bit of data analysis 
um, sprinkled in. So that's not always feasible. No. It's hard to do. But one exercise that he talks about doing is a loved it versus loathed it inventory. So as you're doing tasks at work, start to write down like, what are the things that I love to do? And then what are the things that I loathe doing? Um, I did this a little bit last week and I knew this about myself, but I loathe putting together data, like not deep, sorry, not data, <laughs> Go back. details on like dates and times and like basically a shot clock is what I'm working on. Yeah. And I am not good at doing this and I don't like doing it. I hate being in the weeds with like, this has to happen at this time. This has to happen at this time. It's just not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And it doesn't feel natural and it burns me out really quick. Yeah. Well, you said that before that you're not detail oriented and you don't enjoy being in the weeds. Yeah, I don't. So <laughs> that um, is on par. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What I do love is like, like I said earlier, relationships, um, finding insights from like big data sets, things like yeah. that. It's not planning, <laughs> putting yeah. things together. Oh my God, I love yeah and so you'd be so good at this I do not like writing emails or writing I have to write a lot of um enablement content like for sales and customer support on like new anti-fraud tools like 2FA how do you coach people through it I hate writing that stuff um and there are like some AI tools that yes I use for that (laughs) I support the marketing team and they're just talking about all these like interesting Hemingway is one of them where it's I mean, if you're writing like college applications or something, I feel like this would be genius because it will look at a sentence and be like, this sentence is too long here or like you're repetitive here. Like basically taking an editing or an editing job and making it AI. AI. Uh, there's a thing called chat GPT. Have you heard of it? Yes. They were talking okay. about that too. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. And I literally will, I have typed in into chat GPT. How do you convince someone who doesn't want to how to sign up for SMS two-factor authentication. Huh? Because I had to write an article about, like, why you, as someone using our website, like, would actually benefit, like, your security benefits. And it gave me two paragraphs, and it was so good. Wow, I'm going to look that up. Like, it, and then, oh, my God. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say what, I, whatever. <laughs> but, like, it, it was so, it just is so funny. You can ask it, like, crazy questions, and it just, like, is kind of sassy, too, which is so funny. And then there's another <laughs> AI tool that I use for writing, because I just, like, coming up with writing sentences, it's just, I don't know, I hate it. Um, probably because I'm in grad school, and I'm, I'm maxed out. Oh, um, God, that's so much writing. To let the record show, I've never used this for grad school. <laughs> it would not even understand what the heck I'm studying. But there's this email tool called Smart Reply, where it reads your email thread, and then it replies to the email. <laughs> So wow. it's a Chrome extension. Wow. So we use that. Okay, good to but, know. But yeah, so, but I think the lo- love it or loathe it, it's like you take the inventory and then for the loathe it, it's like there's probably parts of your job that you could either outsource or change how you do or change mm-hmm. your environment, you know, or like be creative with like, how are we going to tackle this? Mm-hmm. Um, what tools do I have at my disposal to make this better or easier? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely Absolutely. Um. So just like being cognizant of that and being aware, I feel like is a step in the right direction because if you're just going about your day and it's like bopping around doing like what you need to do, like crossing off tasks on your to-do list, but never really thinking 
like about what you're doing and how it's impacting you mentally Mm -hmm. um maybe it's time to step back and just kind of say hey do I like this yeah (laughs) is there any red threads are there any pieces of joy that I have in my work because if you don't then that's also a big red flag true and also I think like if you you find those red threads or like the things on the love it list um you know, is that a completely separate role? Or like I work in strategy and anti-fraud strategy. And part of that involves project planning. You know, if I really didn't like data or anything, like there are entire project management roles Mm -hmm. and divisions and companies that I could go into, you know, like I don't want to, like, I like all the, the different aspects of my job, but that's certainly like, if you only have a few things on the love it list and a lot on the loathe it, like, you know, Mm -hmm. that is definitely a good reference point for maybe what you might need to shift into yeah and I also think um if you can't find anything on the love it list at work like look elsewhere look at your hobbies look at your side hustles um look at what you do on the weekends like do you love to read do you love to paint do you you know do you love being um crafty or like creative because I found that that's a big outlet for me is like creativity and yeah. even a podcast like this yes. enables me to have some of that yeah more freedom. Yes, that's so true. And I like that it's like our podcast, for example, is connected to work and our jobs. And like, to me, it's all like I had a stationary company, like my side hustle, which we're going to do an episode on side hustles. Mm-hmm. And I stopped it because one, I just like, God, it really sucked the life out of me after a while. I didn't enjoy doing it. But it just, like, I was, like, this is not, com- this is not connected to the plan here. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. this is totally separate. Um, like, stationary mm-hmm. is not going to help me with my career in anti-fraud strategy. Yeah. You know? Um, but, like, I'm getting a master's degree in sustainability. And, like, I work in strategy. I'm really good at it. And I really like it. And I could easily migrate into sustainability strategy. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, take those passions or things you're interested in. And then the things on your love it list or things that you're good at. And I think that, you know there are certainly ways to create a career out of that. Absolutely. So that's going to be our challenge for you all this week is to look at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and take inventory and do some yes. soul searching. And yeah. let us know how let it goes. Let us know. I was going to say, like, do your <laughs> inventory and then let us know. Like, were you, you know, I think there's a lot of reactions you can have. Be like, yep, that sounds about right. Maybe work on how you're going to address the loathe it. Maybe you realize, oh my gosh, I need a whole new career. Like, let us know what realizations came about yeah. it. If yeah. it was just chill or if it is not chill. If and it, now things are not so chill. Yeah. <laughs> what was that TikTok This is something not like, so chill. This is something not so chill. I <laughs> last night. I did my love it, loathe it inventory <laughs> yes. and I loathe everything about my job. Yeah, don't do this before you go to bed because no, you might stay up thinking about it. about it. Oh my gosh. Love it. No, uh, <laughs> no pun it. intended. Yeah. So that's kind of what we have yeah. on that. I feel like at the end of the day, to just go back to the corporate jargon. Um, you have one life and it's a short mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. you should not be spending it working too much or, no. you know, overworking yourself in something that you hate doing. It's just not worth it. And oh my gosh, I, oh my gosh, it's just not worth it. It's and like, not. I see people, people that I love like wasting their life. And not only that, like draining their health. It is yes. So I'm like, what you can see are it you physically. doing? You are 26 and you have bad wrinkles and bags under your eyes and like you like yeah what are you doing you're wasting your life away like Like, I just don't get it yeah and like I I think it's interesting to look in the eyes like my heterosexual (laughs) white 
male boyfriend, Justin, like, <laughs> he's literally said before, like, I don't know, like, are we meant to be happy in life? Oh, my God, <laughs> like, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. So I think that, like, some Okay, the guys are not okay. The men are not okay. The men are not okay. okay. <laughs> like, oh, check on your heterosexual no, partners. Like, Jesus. I, I want, maybe people have that, like, POV, like, they just, you know, but if mm. I couldn't be me but no I think that this is really it's really important to remind ourselves like you know kind of to recap health and good relationships are key and any job worth having is one that completely lets you thrive in both of those yes some days is gonna be harder than others some seasons are gonna be harder and not every day is gonna be perfect and like la la happy balance but overall like Find, find your red threads. New, find a red thread and find a new freaking job if, mm-hmm. if it's not contributing to your health and good relationships. Yeah. So we'll get off our soapbox yeah, there. Oh my but God, I, just got I so feel like people need to hear that. that. Some Literally, people just really need to hear that. Yeah. Um, all right. So with all of that, <laughs> we did have a message this week. So turning to inbox zero. Yes. Um and from Riley. Yeah, from Riley. Yeah, it's fine. Her name's yeah. Riley. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Rileys in the world. hmm Absolutely. Um, so she saw my TikToks and she saw where I went to school and she's in the same program as me or that I was in a while ago. Uh, I'm not going to say how long ago, um, <laughs> but not too long. Yeah, it's a master's of HR program. And she asked any advice or tips on how to make the most of the experience. So I would say... Um, first of all, get to know your cohort and like, this is the best time. Like I miss being in my master's program because it was such a tight knit cohort. And if you're in college or I don't know if how many of our listeners are, but like, just enjoy that time because then you just work for the rest of your life and it's just not the same. It's Um, not the same. Work is great. Yeah. We're high. We're happy. But college is freaking great. It's, it's fun. And the master's program is kind of like a more mature college. And so you find these friends who you can go out with and stuff, but then they become a really great network for you in the future. And I now have um, colleagues or, you know, former cohort members who work at big companies like Google, Facebook, like all these, I guess Meta, um, you know, all these huge tech companies and other great, great companies that I can reach out to at any time, which is awesome. Um, Also, specific to this program but I think this is just an important life lesson too. Like keep your options open with recruiting and um, all of the the stuff that you're gonna learn is is just there's there's a lot thrown at you. So just um, find those red threads, the things uh-huh. that you love, and stick to that and stick to your guns. Um, in in this program that I was in, they often would encourage you to interview with every company that gave you an interview and I think that's really important like do that even if just for like interview skill purposes yeah yeah don't even care not even interested and just like to build your network even more but then once you find the company that you really love like go for that you know don't don't look at the grass is greener and all of that because most of the time it's not so trust your gut and good luck I'm so excited for you thank you for writing and keep listening yes absolutely Okay, um, everyone, have a great week. Write us at corporate sellouts podcast at gmail.com for all of your either questions or sellout celebrations. If you have any, if you just got promoted, if someone says something nice to you and you want to tell someone, you should mm-hmm. tell us. Um, and then follow us on TikTok. I'm at corporate girl Tori, and Taylor is taylor.in.tori. Dot dot 
HR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why yep. did I just yep. look at you like it was a question? <laughs> and also our Instagram is Corporate Sellouts Podcast. So follow us on that. We always post when we put a new episode up and little clips of the episodes so you can like decide if you want to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> Which please you should do. Always. And leave us a little review or rating on yeah. Spotify. It means a lot to us. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good week.